Eight guaranteed ways to increase your podcast downloads and why you shouldn't. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 260. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Sometimes we as podcasters can get a little too focused on our stats, and we're very eager to increase those stats. So I have for you eight guaranteed ways to increase your podcast's downloads. But I'll give you the spoiler up front. This is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek sort of episode. These are things that you should not do, and I will be explaining along the way why you should not employ these tactics that I'm going to give you. These are the unethical tactics. These are the things that, yes, I guarantee they will increase your podcast's downloads, but they may not actually grow your podcast at all as you'll see as we go through this. So if you'd like to follow along, and I definitely recommend this because there will be some very helpful links and charts and data in the show notes, go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash increase downloads to get the show notes for episode 260. Number one, change your episode's GUID in your RSS feed. Number two, tweet several times per hour with shortened direct links to your media files. Number three, set embedded players to autoplay slash buffer. Number four, publish more episodes. Number five, increase the item limit in your RSS. Number six, wait longer to publish a new episode. Number seven, buy downloads or spam the podcast player. And number eight, use bad stats. Again, for most of these, I have some really helpful charts, so you'll definitely want to look at the show notes as we go through this now in detail, starting at number one, change each episode's GUID in your RSS feed. I know that's a lot of letters. The globally unique identifier or GUID is what distinguishes each item in your RSS feed. This unique ID could be any string of text, like a URL, a word, a few words, some random characters, a post ID number, anything like that, and many other different things. This doesn't change even when you change everything else about your existing post. You can change the URL of your post, the title of your post, the podcast episode that's with your post, the file name of the episode with the post, And anything about that post, but as long as you're editing the same post, you are not changing the GUID. Most content management systems, especially those for podcasters, don't let you change the GUID, which is good because if they did, then you could really mess things up. What happens is if you change the GUID for an already published podcast episode, RSS readers and podcast apps will think that it's a new episode in your RSS feed and will re-download the episode. So, confession time here. You have probably bombarded 
with a bunch of episodes of the Audacity to Podcast just before the release of this episode. On March 11th, 2015, I was working on the AudacityToPodcast.com website to change everything over from HTTP to HTTPS, so you would have a secure browsing experience. And I wanted all of the links to media and files and images and that kind of thing to also be HTTPS to ensure there aren't extra redirects in place and to ensure that you don't get a warning saying there's mixed content. By the way, that mixed content warning doesn't mean you're on an insecure website. It means that you're on a secure website, but it is loading some insecure stuff. So you may be on a site that's HTTPS, but it's loading some things via HTTP without the S. And in my case, running my website through WordPress, all of my GUIDs were based on post URLs. So when I did a find and replace operation on my database, and I told it to look for all instances of HTTP colon slash slash the audacity and replace that with the same thing, but using HTTPS instead. So that meant I also accidentally changed all 259 previous audio episodes of the Audacity to Podcast and changed their GUIDs, which made all 259 previous episodes look like they were brand new to podcast apps and players out there. I tried to fix this as soon as I realized what I had done, but that wasn't for almost a full day. So I know I was too late for many of my subscribers, and I'm very sorry about that inconvenience. It probably took extra bandwidth and storage on your devices, so I'm very sorry about that. I did not want that to happen, and as soon as I realized it happened, I tried to fix it. That may have caused more downloads. My lesson learned here. Now I know I need to not change the GUID, so be very careful if you do a find and replace operation on your database And similarly, uh, be careful with anything that's serialized, where character numbers are counted in certain variables. It's just risky. Don't do a find and replace on your database. If you're going to do it, back up first. But the lesson that applies to this is what happens to my daily download stats. If you look at the show notes for this episode, number 260 at podcast.com slash increase downloads, you'll see a daily trend of the Audacity to Podcast episode downloads for the last 30 days at the time of this recording. And you'll see that it's fairly cyclical. You can tell which days are my new episode published days, and you can see downloads continue on through the week, go down a little bit, then come back up, down, up, down. That's normal for podcast episodes, especially when you publish close to the weekend, as I do. But then you see this massive spike And the spike is many, many times the previous day, more than 10 times the previous day, probably closer to 30 times the previous day's numbers. And then that tapers off a little bit as well, but it's still a bunch of massive spikes in the downloads. So I could look at that and think, whoa, the audacity to podcast suddenly got even more audacious. And wow, look at those download numbers. That's really impressive. I could go to a sponsor and say, look at this. I got this many tens of thousands of downloads on this one day of my podcast. Why? Because I changed the GUID. 
and it was an accident in my case. But this is a guaranteed way that you can get more podcast downloads. So why shouldn't you do this? As tempting as the download spike will look, if you look at my own stats that I share in the show notes, this resulted in absolutely no increase in my actual audience. And this could encourage existing subscribers to consume old episodes. And I have received a couple pieces of feedback from some of my subscribers saying, well, I never saw that episode. So this gave me an opportunity to consume that episode. The more likely thing, and I also received feedback about this, is that my audience was frustrated that now they've been confronted with a huge archive of my episodes to download. And I worked really hard to build this audience in genuine ethical ways. And I hated to frustrate them. I hated to frustrate you. So I'm very sorry about this. Please do not try this yourself. Don't try this at home. The only case for changing your GUID for one episode would be if there was a horrible, catastrophic mistake in that episode and you absolutely must force your subscribers to re-download that particular episode. Examples of this in my own history have been things like the co-host's audio completely missing or a whole section of the podcast completely missing. If it was a small thing here and there, like fixing something fixing some bad audio, some extra silence where there shouldn't be a little glitch in the audio, anything like that. That's fine to just fix it so that future downloaders get the corrected version. Existing downloaders have the version that they have with some of its mistakes, yes. And if you want to force a change on a GUID, instead of editing your database, simply create a new post in your content management system like WordPress or the Libsyn RSS feed or whatever you're using, and that will create a new GUID. So you can copy all of the same content, even the same file names into that, and it will force a re-download. But don't do this in an attempt to increase your podcast downloads. It will work, but don't do it. That's number one. Change each episode's GUID in your RSS feed. Number two, tweet several times per hour with shortened direct links to your media files. In 2014, a marketing trick emerged that became known as Twitter bombing. This involved one or multiple tactics in it, like tweet dozens of times or even hundreds of times per hour. And in those tweets, include direct links to the podcast media files. And these links were often pre-shortened with bit.ly or some other URL shortener because of technical things going on in behind the scenes and tweet from several accounts at the same time. You've probably heard about Twitter bombing at this point, or maybe you just know common sense would tell you not to do this kind of thing because you are spamming Twitter with content. But the reason some people have done this is because they've seen huge increases in their podcast downloads. Podcaster and podcast producer Brian Orr critically tested this himself, and he saw amazing results. If you look at the chart in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash increased downloads, you'll see that he has a fairly smooth, predictable pattern of downloads that is under 200 downloads per day. And then when he starts his Twitter bombing experiment, he skyrockets up to closer around 1,800 downloads per day. Then he stops his experiment, it tapers off a little bit, and then drops all the way back down to under 200 downloads per day. 
he was great for doing this uh, little experiment, and he gave me permission to use his research and his screenshot of his stats in the show notes. So definitely check this out, and you can see what I'm talking about here. So why shouldn't you do this? If it does, definitely increase your downloads. Well, first, you need to know that sharing your podcast, even a direct media URL on social networks is a good idea to do every now and then. I really recommend that you point people back to your website instead of to a media URL because people typically don't listen to long-form content in a social network platform. And sharing your content on social networks can certainly help you reach a new audience or remind your existing audience about recent or past episodes. It's totally okay to do that. Even if you have some kind of automated schedule doing this kind of thing for you, it's okay if you're doing it sporadically or not (laughs) dozens or hundreds of times per episode. What isn't good is spamming Twitter with links designed to result in automatic plays of your podcast episodes. Brian's test proved that Twitter bombing did work to increase his downloads, but what it also proved is that when he stopped his experiment, his downloads went back to their normal numbers. There was no significant increase in human audience. There may not have even been an increase at all in how many new subscribers he had. But I'll, I'll allow that maybe someone out there subscribed, maybe one or two people out there subscribed after seeing him talking about his podcast so much on Twitter. Don't do this. It doesn't give you actual new subscribers. That's number two. Tweet several times per hour with shortened direct links to your media files, and I guarantee it'll increase your podcast downloads. Number three, set embedded players to autoplay or buffer. Autoplay is when you visit a page and audio or video starts to play automatically. This, for many, is the major annoyance of a lot of websites out there, regardless of what the media is. YouTube and Pandora are good examples of this. They automatically start playback of the video on YouTube or of the music on Pandora as soon as the web page loads. Now, depending on what browser you're using, if you open that tab or that URL in a background tab, that content may not start playing automatically, which is really handy. Some embedded podcast players do give you the option to make the media start playing automatically as soon as someone visits the web page. So if you put this on your homepage and actually put this on every page of your website and you'll turn every visitor into a downloader of your podcast. And you will get a lot more downloads of your podcast. It's guaranteed to work. In fact, some podcast players or web browsers will also buffer the first 200 kilobytes or so of any kind of linked multimedia file. You may be able to prevent this from happening in certain players, but you could also choose a player or some kind of embedding method that causes the automatic buffer in some browsers. Now, good podcast stats services such as Blueberry or Libsyn do filter out such buffered downloads, but I'll tell you more about how to work around that in a little bit. This will, I guarantee it, increase your podcast downloads. But why shouldn't you do this? This is essentially spamming your audience. Autoplay forces your visitor to start downloading content that they may not even want, and they may not even stick around to hear or view more, let alone subscribe to your podcast. There are a few good places for autoplay. 
such as a live page or some other place where your audience is expecting playback to start upon visiting the site, like webinars and other things like that. But in general, don't employ this technique on your site. It will increase your downloads, but it won't increase how many humans are sticking around and consuming and subscribing to your content. That's number three, set embedded players to autoplay slash buffer. Number four, publish more episodes. It's really easy to double your downloads per month. I've done a previous blog post talking about the myth of downloads per month, but here's the super easy guaranteed way to double your downloads per month. Double how many podcast episodes you publish each month. Yeah, it's that simple. This will cause your subscribers to download twice as much as before, and your stats will then double in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash increased downloads, you'll see what happens with my Once Upon a Time podcast during the hiatus months when we publish far fewer episodes, as well as what happens during the months that we publish more episodes because the TV show is on, so we have more to talk about. We're publishing as many as eight times as many episodes as those hiatus months, and the stats reflect that. The monthly downloads are much higher on those months that we publish more episodes and the monthly downloads are much lower on the months that we don't publish many episodes. So here's why you shouldn't do this, at least not do this only to increase downloads. Increasing how much content that you publish can certainly help your podcast grow because this gives you more opportunities to share fresh content. It gives you more impressions of your name, your brand, your service, your advertisers, sponsors, whatever there. It gives you more opportunities to be found through search engine optimization or SEO. And it gives you more opportunities to target new listeners with content that is absolutely relevant to them. So there's nothing inherently wrong with publishing more podcast episodes, but increasing your publishing frequency alone does not result in a proportional increase in your audience. You may double your downloads per month without doubling how many people are downloading your episodes in that month. As with my example from my Once Upon a Time podcast, In the months where we had more published episodes, we saw much higher downloads that month. Makes perfect sense. But the per episode downloads, looking at that number, which is a far more accurate measurement of the growth of your podcast, those numbers showed a gradually increasing trend in my subscriptions. It did not look at all like the spikes in my monthly downloads because the monthly downloads aren't an accurate measurement of the size of your audience. Additionally, many podcast players will pause someone's subscription to your podcast when that person hasn't played a recent episode. For example, iTunes or the podcast app for iOS will pause your subscription if you haven't played any of the latest five episodes in the RSS feed. Thus, those monthly downloads that may look really good when you double your publishing frequency will likely decrease in the following month and months as subscribers struggle to keep up with all of your episodes and their apps may start pausing their subscriptions until they catch up, at least to some degree. And even if they start to catch up and can renew their subscription, they may end up deleting episodes that have already downloaded because they're just trying to catch up. So they start making decisions on what do I not want to listen to. 
As much as I love listening to every episode of all of the podcasts I'm subscribed to, when I fall behind, I start going through and deleting what doesn't look relevant to me. If I'm entirely caught up, I'll listen to every episode of a podcast, even if it doesn't seem all that relevant because I'm still looking for value and I I want something that engages my mind. This is the number four guaranteed way to increase your podcast downloads, publish more episodes. Number five, increase the item limit in your RSS feed. This is similar to publishing more episodes, but instead of publishing more episodes in a single month, what you do is you increase the limit on your RSS feed so that it holds more episodes than it did before. For many podcasters, the default is 10 episodes. So when they publish episode 11, episode one gets bumped out of the feed. If you increase that to include your entire archive or as much of your archive as is reasonably possible, then you will get more downloads of your old episodes, especially if your new subscribers never downloaded your whole archive and your previous episodes. I've always had high limits on all of my shows and the podcasters that I've helped. So for example, if you've previously had 10 episodes in your RSS feed and now you've expanded it to 100 episodes, that's 90 new episodes that could potentially be downloaded and probably will be downloaded by your subscribers depending on the apps they're using and the settings inside of those apps. Certainly more episodes will be downloaded, maybe not the entire archive, but it's possible. Then you get more downloads. But why should you not do this? At least not do this only to increase your audience. I think this is not nearly as bad as changing the GUIDs in your feed and forcing re-downloads. I also do recommend that you have as many podcast episodes available in your RSS feed as is reasonably possible. But by the way, the iTunes podcast directory will display and search no more than the latest 300 episodes from your feed. So if you want to have all of your older episodes that are older than 300 episodes ago also available and searchable in iTunes, then you might want to submit an archive feed as some podcasters do. Or If your content isn't actually timeless, then you may want to just move on and keep only the latest number of episodes available. But if you increase the RSS item limit, you'll get more downloads, but from your existing subscribers, not a new audience. Yes, this can help you with search engine optimization because a lot of iTunes SEO depends on titles. So if your titles are optimized for search, then that's making your overall podcast more optimized for search by including more great titles associated with your podcast. But that doesn't directly correlate to new downloads. It may help you grow your audience, but I can't guarantee increased downloads that way. It is generally, though, a good idea. Don't increase this limit, though, only in an effort to increase your downloads. That's number five. Increase the item limit in your RSS feed. Number six, wait longer to publish a new episode, and I guarantee you'll increase your podcast downloads. When you have a longer than usual gap in your publishing schedule, then it makes one episode remain the latest episode of your podcast for a longer time than usual. This means more people will hear that episode as they stumble across your podcast. And an example of this is from a podcast that I've worked with where 
episode 19 was released on December 7th, 2015, and it got nearly 25,000 total downloads. But episode 20 wasn't released until about 36 days later on January 12th, and it got almost 18,000 downloads. So nearly 8,000 downloads fewer. And then episode 21 continued the trend with about 17,000 downloads for that episode. So it's more reasonable to say the average number is somewhere around that 17 or 18,000 mark, not the 25,000 mark. The only reason it got to 25,000 was because that one episode was the latest episode for more than a month. Why shouldn't you do this? Well, it is okay to take a break or a hiatus when you must, and I think it's really best to tell your subscribers what to expect, how long your break will be, maybe even why you're taking a break, but you don't have to explain it, but let them know when to expect the podcast to return. But instead of spreading your new subscribers evenly across new episodes, when you have this big gap between your published episodes, then all of your new subscribers And people who are even casually checking out your podcast, maybe not even subscribing, but they just heard of it, so they're checking it out, checking out the latest episode, maybe playing just the first few seconds of it, they tend to congregate or bulk on to that one latest single episode because it's the first one they'll click. It's the most recent one, so why not that one episode? Thus, leaving this gap merely to force downloads for a particular episode will not actually increase your audience. In fact, this could actually harm your growth because if people see that it's been quite some time since you last published an episode, then they may think that the podcast has ended or maybe it's erratic or maybe you don't take it very seriously and they may not take it very seriously either. Consistency is very important. So don't leave a gap just for the sake of increasing your downloads. But I do guarantee if you wait longer to publish a new episode, you will increase the downloads of that most recent episode at that time. That's number six. Number seven guaranteed way to increase your podcast downloads is buy downloads or spam the podcast player. This is really the dirtiest tactic of them all. It's very easy to find people with let's say fewer ethics, who will use some kind of system to download your podcast multiple times. That could be through iTunes or it could be through pressing play on your website. You may even be tempted to use a system yourself or just spam your own podcast player where you press play, refresh, press play, refresh, press play, refresh, press play, refresh, and you're spamming your own player that way. Emily Prokop, one of the members of Podcaster Society and host of Classy Little Podcast, sent me a list of different places you could go to get people to download your podcast. You can buy downloads for your podcast. And by the way, Emily wasn't actually looking to hire these people and she has no experience hiring these spammers and frauds out there. But she did find this great information for me to be able to share in the podcast with you. And some of these providers actually claim to use only humans for these tasks. Now, how many humans? I don't know. But those humans are most likely still using some kind of tool. And one of the providers actually boasted of giving you up to 20,000 downloads. And most of them even offer a money back guarantee. So, hey, here's one. 
buy downloads and you're guaranteed to get more downloads for your podcast or your money back. Why should you not do this? (laughs) Do I need to say? I really hope your morality core recognizes the fraud in this. Purchased downloads result only in mere numbers, not human connections. You're not growing your audience. You're merely getting someone else to download episodes. Recently, I was joking with a friend and I came up with a brilliant idea of a way to increase podcast downloads, maybe even podcast subscriptions, at least in the short term. And that is go to the Apple store and go from device to device and subscribe them to your podcast and make them download the latest episode. And yes, that'll boost your numbers. Why? Why would you want to do that? If you're going to do something as unethical as that, just save your time and take a screenshot of your stats and edit it in Photoshop or take a screenshot of iTunes and put your podcast in the number one position if you want to or put it in the number two position, you know, to seem kind of honest about it. Please don't. Please tell me your morality core is going crazy over this and you recognize how much fraud this is in this kind of activity. But there are people out there who will offer to do this with money back guarantee. That's number seven, buy downloads or spam the podcast player. And number eight, use bad stats. And I guarantee it'll increase your podcast downloads. Not all podcast measurement companies are alike. So if you switch to an underdeveloped company or a company that's following the public radio's Wild West methods of measurement, you will instantly see much higher download numbers. But why shouldn't you do this? People will say the numbers don't lie, but that's actually not true. Numbers can lie if the numbers are not calculated correctly. So, There are a variety of circumstances that many podcast measurement companies have not learned how to filter, and only a few podcast measurement companies have learned how to filter. For example, what happens when a file download is interrupted due to a pause or poor internet connection? Does the podcast stats company properly filter that to be one download instead of two? Because it's coming from one person, not two people. Trusting bad stats will give you a higher, but more inaccurate number without ever growing your true audience. The Interactive Advertising Bureau, or IAB, is currently meeting with the top podcast measurement companies, Blueberry, Libsyn, PodTrack, and some other influencers like Apple, Google, Public Radio People, and more to set an updated standard on podcast measurement. Before then, we had the Association of Downloadable Media that came up with a standard, and that standard has since been revised, and the companies that have been adhering to that standard are Blueberry, Libsyn, and PodTrack. This is far from the, quote, Wild West, unquote, label that some of the public radio people have labeled podcast measurement rather ignorantly and even arrogantly. But if you want accurate podcast numbers... Until this new standard from the IAB is finalized and adopted, I recommend only Blueberry, Libsyn, or PodTrack for trustworthy, reliable podcast stats. Yes, the numbers from these companies may be smaller and probably will be smaller than numbers you would get from other companies. But wouldn't you rather know a true number, even if it's smaller, than have your ego stroked with a big number that's really just a lie? 
This really comes into play when you're working with advertisers or trying to monetize your podcast. If you go to an advertiser with fake numbers, whether you intentionally fake them or they're coming from a poor podcast measurement system, the advertiser will have certain expectations for performance on those numbers. And if they don't see them, you're hurting the podcast advertising space. And that advertiser may never renew with you and they may never be interested in podcast advertising again. So whenever you approach any podcast sponsor, don't think of it as you're only representing your own podcast. You are actually representing the podcasting industry to them. So be very careful with that responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. That's number eight, guaranteed way to increase your podcast downloads use bad stats. Once again, these eight guaranteed ways to increase your podcast downloads are number one, change each episode's GUID in your RSS feed. Number two, tweet several times per hour with shortened direct links to your media files, also called Twitter bombing. Number three, set embedded players to autoplay and buffer. Number four, publish more episodes. Number five, increase the item limit in your RSS feed. Number six, wait longer to publish a new episode. Number seven, buy downloads or spam the podcast player. And number eight, use bad stats. So in conclusion of this, you've probably noticed a recurring theme under each point and why you should not employ these techniques. I'll put it this way. Increasing downloads does not grow your audience. Growing your audience increases your downloads. These eight tactics certainly will increase a number that you see on your screen, but that's not the number that matters. Really what matters is the relationship you have with each and every subscriber, as much as humanly possible for you, I know. And these tactics don't result in increasing the actual number of humans engaging with your content. They only increase a number. Sure, you may see an increase somewhere in the long term, but do you really want to do unethical things that are lying to you with your numbers just to get one or two subscribers? You can get one or two subscribers in much better ways than this. And I'll talk more about different ways that you can grow your podcast audience in future episodes and certainly inside Podcasters Society. Have you tried any of these tactics to increase your downloads? It's okay if you tried them as long as you've repented of them since then. But here's what I'd especially like to know is what kinds of results you saw from trying these. Even if you can share screenshots of your stats and such, the before and after of any of these tactics, I don't recommend that you try any of these now because it could hurt you if you try to increase your downloads in any of these ways. But if you've tried them before or you have access to some stats that can show some of this, I'd love to see that from you. So please go to the show notes for this episode and comment there and you can share a screenshot there as well at theaudacitypodcast.com slash increase downloads. That's where you can also go to do me a really big favor and share this episode out. If this encouraged you, challenged you, motivated you, if it emits any kind of response in you or helps you in any way, please share this out on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Reddit, Pinterest, all of the social media sharing buttons over there, and I'd really appreciate it. It's one of the best ways that you can help the podcast grow. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash increase downloads. 
One of the other things that I really appreciate is those who write kind reviews for the Audacity podcast in iTunes. And for this episode, I'd like to thank Laura Leister-Minch from the U.S. who said, One of my most important podcasting tools. Everyone's talking about podcasting, but very little of it is practical or specific to the needs of real podcasters. I'm so grateful to this podcast and I look forward to every episode. Thank you very much, Laura. Those were very kind words. They really encourage me and I really appreciate that. If you'd like to get your own international podcast reviews sent to you from all 155 iTunes stores and Stitcher and upcoming podcast directories as well, then sign up over at mypodcastreviews.com. I highly recommend that you sign up for a premium plan because that's where you get your reviews more frequently. You get to see all of your reviews, not just the latest 30, and it supports a bunch of extra features as well that helps you to see your reviews better and in turn, get more reviews for your podcast. That's at mypodcastreviews.com and I have a link to that in the show notes. Be sure to check the show notes also for all those charts and other links and information I shared and Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Now celebrating over 9 million legitimate downloads not spammed not any of this other stuff i told you about but actual legitimate downloads of all of our episodes and that's not nine million people by the way just nine million total downloads you see how that number can sometimes be a little deceptive but anyway if you want wonderful podcasts to make you think laugh and succeed then subscribe at noodle.mx the audacity to podcast is also a proud member of the tech podcast network if it's tech it's here find more at techpodcasts.com